Welcome to the I Might Be Wrong podcast with Travis Seppala, where we discuss faith, dogmatics, science, math, physics, art, and share conversations with all humans. Well, mostly only the interesting ones. Join me in welcoming and encouraging Travis on this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Travis Eppla, and I am your host. This is episode five, and for any of you who are turning, tuning in for the first time, and this is the first episode that you're listening to, I would encourage you to go back and listen to any of the other episodes on this podcast. And I've had a couple of people recently who have um, made it known to me that that they didn't even realize I had more content that had come out. So um, I'll just briefly explain that if you want to be made aware, I'm going to try to do the best I can to sh- shame- shamelessly self-promote myself and and text out links on links on a number of different um, in a number of different places. But if you really want to be kept up to date, the best thing you can do is to hit the little subscribe button next to the podcast. And what that'll do is then you'll be notified every time a new episode comes out. Um, while you're at that, I would deeply appreciate it if you would do um, rate it. And Unless you're going to rate it really low, then don't rate it at all. But um, yeah, give me a good rating because that definitely will help to grow the podcast. And, and if it's something that you've enjoyed up to this point and you are enjoying, then please, by all means, share it, share it, um, with, you know, friends, family, like-minded people. Just if you think it's something that's worth listening to, um, if you don't think it's something that's worth listening to, then by all means don't share it. Um, but at the same time, um, I'd love any feedback. Um, and having said that, I'd also really appreciate it if people, um, if you do have any thoughts or any questions or anything along those lines, and you just want to get into contact with me, my email is tseppala podcast. That's T S E P P A L A podcast at gmail.com. And you can send in questions that you'd like me to ask. I mean, answer, not ask. Um, you can send in questions that you'd like me to answer. Um, you know, if there's topics that you'd like me to talk about or, you know, a num- anything that you'd really, if you just want to communicate or give me some feedback, maybe you disagree with the statement that I've made. Um, I, I welcome any and all feedback because more than anything, um, I want this to be a process that, that I learn from too. Um, because I acknowledge if there's one thing I will say throughout this entire process is that I, I don't stand here and try to pretend to be the final and moral authority. One of the things, um, that I was taught during my time at seminary, and it's where the title of this podcast comes from, is the importance of being able to say the four words, I might be wrong. And to understand that at any point in time, my points of view might be wrong. And as long as um, we're able to say those words, we have the ability to, to continue to grow um, both in faith and in knowledge. The moment we, we come to this place where we think I have arrived and there's nothing more for me to learn and there's no way I can be wrong, um, that's the moment we become honestly the most dangerous people in our life. And as a Christian, I can tell you that's the moment where we stop encouraging people to conform to the image of Jesus Christ and we begin to um, force people and coerce them into 
conforming to my image of Jesus Christ. And we really don't want to be that. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say we, but I don't want to be that. And so I, I encourage and welcome any feedback um, because I really want to continue to, to learn and grow as I do this. Um, and at the same time, you know, I want to be able to talk to you as an audience and, and to hear what, you know, just to kind of know exactly what you're thinking, any of your thoughts, opinions, ideas. To start this show out, episode five, I'm going to read a really controversial statement, deeply controversial. And, and so it reads, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, I know for many people who are listening, they're probably thinking to themselves, well, obviously, I'm, I'm just being tongue-in-cheek and, and poking fun at, at social justice warriors and the different groups of people that want to push the idea of a gender spectrum and, and all of that out there, and this is just me making fun of it, but that's not really what I'm saying. I'm actually saying that this is really, in our day and age, a very controversial statement to make because the the beliefs the, the belief in the idea that there are um just many different genders have have permeated every facet of our our lives um the last time i remember looking reading um it was a couple of years ago but i remember reading that facebook acknowledges somewhere in the neighborhood or acknowledged back then somewhere in the neighborhood of about 70 different genders and really the whole idea is that you have a gender spectrum and that, that there really is no such thing as male and female, that male and female are enter into this world, even though we have um, physically our bodies might be different um, on a neurological level in terms of our thoughts, feelings, emotions, in terms of the things, our preferences, the way that we process pleasure, pain, all of that, it's all the same. And really, it's a social construct then that defines the way that we're going to behave as men and women. And so if you grow up and and um, you're, you're in a house that's very masculine in nature and surrounded by a lot of boys, then as a boy, it's going to be taught to you that this is what it means to be a boy. And the same goes that as a girl, you're going to be taught that this is what it means to be a girl. And that's when the differences begin to occur between men and women. That actually, from the beginning, there really isn't any difference. And, and it's only, you know, this patriarchal society that, that we live in that, that has really kind of pushed, you know, this idea out there that makes us to believe and in some, and not just makes us to believe, but causes us to be different as men and women. Because all of a sudden now we have to fit into a society. We're being told how to act and we're being conditioned how to act from a very young age. And, and honestly, you know, some parts of that are absolutely true. You know, we, we, we do that in many cases where, for instance, sometimes some, some men or males are born and, and they have just some more effeminate characteristics. And as a result, they'll, they'll get ridiculed and they'll get picked on, in some cases by father figures, in other cases by their peers at school. And, you know, in other cases, you'll have girls... Um, I'll say rather than saying girls, I'll just say females. We'll, we'll just distinguish male and female, which I'll try to use those terms as much as possible for this episode. But you'll have females 
who are, um, for all intents and purposes, they fall under the label that I knew growing up in my day of tomboy. And so they like to do boy things. They like to dress like boys. They like to be like boys, all of that kind of stuff. And, and really the only thing that conditions them out of that, you know, no, I shouldn't say that conditions them out of that. And, um, that really they're the anomaly. And in some cases they can get picked on and all of a sudden they don't belong within a peer group. Um, and so really this is, you know, the idea that exists out there that actually, if you didn't have these social constructs in place, then you wouldn't have these differences and gender would actually become something that was very malleable. And there really isn't any differences between men and women. Now, what I want people to understand is I'm not going to dig too deep into the to the scripture because um, there's really no need to do that on an issue like this. Because this idea has been um, debunked not just recently, but, but literally for years, for decades, we've known that this isn't true. In fact, this idea is very old, very old. This goes back to, you know, up until like, you know, I should say as late as from like about the 1960s, 1970s, um, you know, scientists honestly believed that women were, were really nothing more than essentially small men, you know, that that really they were just like men except for they had re- reproductive functions and and really that they 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 just con- they consisted of a smaller brain and they just and that made them the weaker sex but really you know internally there was no difference between them biologically outside of the ability to bear children and the reproductive functions that ex- the reproductive functions that existed between men and women there was really nothing different about them and and the idea that gender then and gender roles were nothing more than a social construct was actually something that even the feminist movement held on to um, very strongly because of this. Like they realized, well, if that's all we are, then then let's break free of this and and let's stop being this certain way because you know we can actually just change this by the power of our will. We'll rise up against this and, and we'll, we'll assert ourselves as something different. Um, it's only been more recently, though, um, in the 1990s, for example, that some studies started to happen that actually showed that that's not true, that actually there are biological and neurological differences in men and women that are deeply ingrained and they are not influenced at all by the societies that we live in. That actually they happen and they start as early as while we're in the womb. And I think that this is something that a lot of people aren't aware of. And so I'd just like to talk to the, talk to people about this because this is something that someone recently said, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you would talk about this issue. What does the scripture have to say? And I said, well, the scripture says that, that God created men and women. And they're like, well, what's the details behind that? And I'm like, well, the God doesn't really go into all of the different details behind that. But understand the science and the biology back up the idea that there's men and women. It doesn't talk about a gender spectrum, and it doesn't say that gender is something that is nothing more than a social construct. Actually, men and women are inherently different, and it starts as early as in utero. And so this is just stuff that we've learned more or less in the last 
30 years, to be honest, because that's when all of a sudden we had the ability to have to do um, neuro scans and scans of babies while they were in the womb. And we could actually see things like brain development. And we knew which kind of chemicals were forming at one point in time or another. And one of the things that's really interesting is that all human beings for about the first eight weeks of their life, while they're still in, in their mother's womb, um, all human beings have a brain that's female in, you know, for all intents and purposes. If you look at it, it just looks like any normal female brain would, would look like. And then at eight weeks, uh, approximately, and I mean, obviously all human beings were not just robots. So, but generally speaking in the eighth week, there's the testosterone surge that begins in male brains and, this testosterone surge has the effect of destroying some of the cells that exist in the communication centers of the brain and then actually causing growth in, in the cells that, that exist in the, the aggression parts of a brain. And if this testosterone surge, if, if that doesn't happen, what you have is the brain just continues to look the same way it would, and it would grow um, the way it had been growing for those first eight weeks. And so things like the communication centers of the brain um, and the areas of the brain that process emotion continue to grow rapidly, and, and you end up having a brain that is more geared toward communication and towards the um, processing emotion. Um, now, as a result... The ones that don't have the testosterone surge, well, those are male. I mean, those are females. Um, and so there is going to just be within females a larger communication center of their brain. Um, by nature, they will be more talkative. She will be more talkative than boys um, and willing and wanting to have the ability to communicate with others. Um, whereas with, within now the male brain, where this surge of testosterone has, has happened, that those communication centers don't grow at the same rate. In fact, the aggression centers are, are what grows. And all of a sudden, now you have two different beings or two different you know, sexes that are, are going to be completely different. They're going to have brains that process the world around them and react to the world around them in much different ways. And what causes this testosterone surge, interestingly enough, has everything to do with mom and dad, you know, playing the right kind of music into the baby's ear or, or whatever else, or the son, the mom going down there and, and saying, you know, be more like a girl or be more like a boy. Nope, has nothing to do with that. Nothing more than chromosomes, nothing more than, than the human genome. You know, it has nothing more than to do with just simple biology that there is males and there's females. And really, those are the only two types of, of genders that really exist. And this is really important to understand because the other thing science, you know, has, has shown, and, and not just science and biology, but even within the psychological community, they've known for years that well over 99%, well, I shouldn't, you know, somewhere in the high 90s, um, percents of people either, I, you know, they, they're going to be male or female biologically and neurologically. And then there's going to be a very, very um, small, small percentage of people that, that are born with some different neurological and biological deformities. And, and 
for this very small percentage of human beings, it becomes very difficult to identify whether or not they're male or female. But understand, this is a tiny percentage. You know, the overwhelming majority is either on the, they're, they're either male, they're female, and it's determined biology, biologically. It's determined even by, you know, just the size, you know, and, and physical attributes. But it's also determined very much by what happened in the first 18 weeks of a pregnancy, not by the society around them, as their brain was developing, because the vast majority of, of sex-specific susp- susp- uh, um, circuits, the development of those things within the brain, they happen during the first 18 weeks of a pregnancy. And so, you know, the vast majority of us, we fall into one of those two categories, and then there's this very, very small percentage of people that don't. That's not a gender spectrum, Okay. That's not a spectrum of any sort. When you have, you know, you have, you know, the overwhelming majority, 99% of people that are on one side or on the, on the other side, and then, you know, less than 1% that fall into a different category, you know, that's just a very binary choice with, with some outliers that exist in the middle. You know, a spectrum, you know, I mean, if you want to picture a spectrum, a great way to do that is like, just think about like the rainbow. That's a color spectrum to a certain degree. You know, a prism has split the light up and, and you understand that, like, if you go across the light spectrum, there's all sorts of different colors and the whole thing is full in the middle, you know, and, and, and there's just as much of it, you know, as it goes all the way across. That's what a spectrum actually looks like. You know, if there was only two types of light and, you know, one was black and one was white. And then in one in a million years, all of a sudden the color blue or red or something like that popped up. You wouldn't be like, oh, that's a spectrum. No, those are anomalies. And I don't say that to be mean. It's just just to kind of state the facts and, and point that out. Um, and this is what's amazing is that within the, the biological communities, like this was known. And so a lot of the research happened and and especially like in the last 30 years a lot of amazing research and a lot of um discovery has happened in terms of the way we develop and the way the way the human genome was made up and what actually makes us different as males and females has uh, more to do with biology than it has to do with the social construct that we arrive in you know the the masculinity and the fact that males are aggressive that has much more to do with our biology and our neurology and our you know and and our brains and our body you know and our hormones and all of that kind of stuff than it has to do with you know the family I grew up in and in another point to me that's absolutely amazing is that in my lifetime that's one of the big things that's happened is this idea of the mapping of the human genome and what we found out in doing that is in terms of our genetic coding, you know, males and females are were 90, over 99%, I believe it is, identical. There's really only a very small 1% difference, you know, less than 1% difference between males and females. But that 1% affects so much about us. And it, it, it does things like affect the way that our brain develops. And, and so in no way is that meant to be degrading. I don't want people to, to, to think that that's meant to be degrading. I understand why it is. The reason it is and it does feel degrading is because of what's happened in all of the centuries and, and thousands of years prior to this, where men in many cases, let's just be honest, have subjugated women. 
and they've treated them like property or chattel. And, and this is something I honestly, but goes back to the curse that was put upon the, the human race that actually, because of the fall of the human race, that men will seek to dominate and empower and control women. And they will treat them like property. And women, they'll look at man as their enemy and they'll constantly be desiring to have that power. And there's going to be a struggle that occurs over that. And so as a result, you know, it's part of just, you know, that's where I just think it's ridiculous because people think, oh, yeah, it's it's nice, you know, like a man should have control over his household and he should control his wife and everything that she says in every facet of her life. No, the reason you want to do that is because you're actually a broken individual and you're broken by the fall. And I hate when people go into the book of Ephesians and as men, they're like, well, see, husbands, I mean, wives are supposed to submit themselves to their husbands. And I'm like, well, yeah, exactly. But you're, told, you're, you're also told to love your wife as, as Christ as the church. And actually, even prior to that, it says we're all supposed to submit ourselves one to another. That all relationships within the Christian community and actually what it means to be human and reflect the very image of God is to submit ourselves to each other, ministering to each other's needs, placing the needs of another person before my own. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened. And as a result, you have multiple societies in thousands of years where men have subjugated women. And, and then even within the sciences, what you have is you have this belief that actually women, what they are is, is they're a lot like men, but they're just smaller in every way. And I mean, I just want people to understand this isn't me trying to make fun of women. This is what the scientific and, and intelligentsia communities firmly held to for thousands of years well, maybe not thousands, but hundreds of years, that women were nothing more than just a smaller version of men, you know, smaller arms, smaller legs, smaller brains. And so that's why they were more emotional. That's why they could kind of break down. That's why, you know, their feelings could overtake them. I mean, we know that now that that's absolutely untrue. In fact, a woman's brain has just as many cells as a man's brain. It's smaller in terms of size, but it's the cells are much it's a much more tightly and densely packed brain. So women are not like less intelligent. You know, it's not like you can be like, oh yeah, you know, you you with your small women brain when you don't know anything. You know what? Don't argue with me. It's science, honey. You're just not, never gonna be as smart as me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean <laughs> that's just ridiculous, honestly. It is. It's absolutely ridiculous. Instead, what we know is the size isn't really what matters in that sense. It's actually like there's the exact same content in terms of cells. It's just more tightly packed. But when you have that kind of teaching that exists where basically, you know, you're told, well, that's why they're good at that kind of stuff, socializing and, and, and the emotional side is because they're just weaker willed than we are. And it's almost as though as, as men, what we've done is we've kind of taken that ability, like communication and, and, and being able to, to have all of these different relationships and the need for having co- um, community with other people. Well, that's just something that's terrible. And, and, let's let's have sex and fight because those are the areas of our brain that developed at the first 18 weeks in our life and so we kind of elevate them and think like you know this is what makes us so good all the while women are rolling their eyes at us thinking to themselves you know what a bunch of neanderthals like they're just they're savages and and in all reality we are and 
and and they are too, not the savages, but both of them. Their our brains are different. We're not necessarily meant to understand one another. What we're meant to do is complement one another, to take care of one another. You know, and that's that's really the whole point behind this. God saw the man and he saw that he was alone and he saw that it was not good that he was alone. And so he took a being and he made from man a being that was almost identical to him in every single way. Um, But those small differences, those small nuances are really, you know, what give us, you know, you know, they complement each other, I should say, in a really amazing and powerful way. And so, I mean, this is what's we, we miss in all of this where we want to sit there and we want to turn, you know, this into some type of a battle between the sexes. And that's actually ridiculous. You know, one of the best things that we can begin to understand is actually like science, like to look at this from, from a very scientific point of view, it shows us absolutely there's a difference. There's something that's happening very early on, something that's been encoded into our genetic code. It's been encoded into our very DNA. It's been encoded into the way that we created. And in no way does that mean that one thing is better than the other. And that's the, that's the side of it that we need to understand. You know, that, you know, and, and that's the other part is when you begin to understand that, it's all of a sudden it's not necessarily a degrading thing to turn around and say, well, you know, you're aggressive and, and you need to be less aggressive. No, not necessarily. Like, this is who I am. You're emotional. You need to stop being less emotional. You know, be a little bit tougher. No, husband, you shouldn't be saying that to your wife. You know, she's like that because this is the way she was made. You know, she can't become more like you. She's never meant to be more like you. And when we try to become something that we're not, that's when we can become very damaged. And and I find this really interesting because I was reading, oh man, I can't remember the paper now. It was just a little while ago, but it was... This article where there was men in the whole point of the article is there that this woman was writing and and she was lamenting the fact that here she was in her 30s now, young 30s, and she was an engineer um, and and had really um, advanced within her field. And she had many of her, her, the friends that she went to college with who had went into a lot of different fields, mathematics and, and science and whatever else. And they had excelled there, and and many of them now were leaving those fields, even though they were extremely successful. And she herself was feeling the desire to leave, um, even though she was really successful. And 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 she was the reason they were all wanting to do this is because they really just wanted to be in a role and have a job, a career, where they actually got to communicate with people more. And, and when they actually got to have the ability um, to have relationships, they, they were craving that, that the ability to actually have that. And she was really upset with herself and with her colleagues that this is the way she was feeling. And, and this is what I find to be really interesting is I think in, in, in encouraging this idea that all gender is is nothing more than a social construct, we actually do something that's, I think, extremely dangerous. And that is we, we go to females and we go to males. We go to little boys and little girls and we tell them that they need to be, if they're a girl, they need to be you know, less like a girl. And if they're a boy, they need to be less like a boy. And you're encouraging them actually to do and to be something that biologically they're not. 
and neurologically they're not wired to do, and that can cause a lot of damage, and and it can cause a lot of identity issues later on. You know, really what we should be doing is we should just be allowing them to grow as they are and understanding that there are differences, differences between men and women. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing controversial about that. And honestly, the only reason there is something controversial is because there still is a group of academia and and the intelligence the, the intelligentsia academic community that is still holding on to ideas that have been debunked by science overwhelmingly in the last 30 years. But they're hanging on to the idea that, no, they're the same, and and these are nothing more than social constructs. Whereas all the science and all the evidence and so much of what we've learned in the last 30 years points to the fact that, actually, no, they're not. They're growing up in a much different way, and that's why there's a reason why, for instance, when females are born, they're much more likely to be making eye contact and facial mirroring and all of that kind of stuff, you know, we know now that that's actually not something that all babies do and that, and that girls are much more likely and have a far, a, a far higher likelihood of doing that. Whereas boys are much more interested in, you know, all of the different, they, they might make some facial mirroring, but they like to look at the entire world around them. And their attention spans aren't so much focused on human beings and, and this idea of facial mirroring and all of that. You know, and that's an important thing to understand because, I mean, for a young mom, I can't imagine what that would be like, you know, where you've been told, oh, yeah, babies will mirror your facial expressions. And, and all of a sudden here a mom is looking at their, their, their son thinking like, well, if he doesn't do that, then there's something wrong with him. No, he's just a boy. You know, he's just a boy. And and that's fine because he's looking at the world around him, and 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 exploring that in a different sense because his brain is just different, and that's okay. Embrace it. The problem is, is we live in a world today that hasn't embraced that. Instead, it's like, well, you know, I don't care what all the evidence and the science says, and I don't care what all, what all these different studies they're showing us. I mean, it's a spectrum. It's a choice. It's something that's pushed onto you by your society, and, and, and you can rebel against this at any point in time. And the problem with doing that is you end up causing some major issues. And I'll talk about a lot more of that in the next episode. But this, this episode is meant to just introduce this topic. I want to talk about it a little bit more um, because it's not something you can cover in 30 minutes. And so definitely tune in. There's going to be some more material. Um, I... We'll con- say what I said at the beginning. Um, I hope everyone is enjoying this. I would appreciate your feedback. I did share the email at the very beginning, so um, I'll share it again now. T Podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have any comments or any questions or any topics that you'd like me to talk about, please give me your feedback. Um, and please subscribe and share this podcast with as many people as you can. And I will... See you next episode. Bye. Love you all.